Welcome to another episode of Conduct Detrimental. Dan Loss joined by Mike Krevchenko, Mr. Reliable. Mike, what's up, my man? How's it going, Dan? How are you doing? How was, uh, you know, I mean, we'll get into it, but I know you've been a busy man, too. Uh, what were you about to ask me? I feel like uh, this is uh, the question on everyone's mind here. Um, I, I was on Nancy Grace. It's actually about to air, uh, very shortly. Uh, so we filmed it, they say live to tape. So we filmed it kind of live, like there was no cuts, but it wasn't airing until Wednesday. So I filmed it on Monday. So yeah, I, I've, I've posted a lot of different like appearances I've done. I have never gotten so many texts in a flurry. So Nancy Grace, if you don't know the name, if you Google Nancy Grace, you'll know her, her face, but TV legend, she's like a, you know, former prosecutor, but she does a lot of like murder mysteries, missing persons. So I got an email from her producer, um, who I know through, I do a lot of hits on law and crime. And, uh, she said, Hey Dan, I know you're in New York. we got something uh, in studio. If you want to do it, it's about, uh, you know, the NFL player, Sergio Brown, who I guess we'll talk about a little bit on here, but, um, he's a char he's charged with murder of his mom. It's kind of a gruesome case, but I said, you know, I don't do criminal defense work. Does that you still is that okay and they're like no no we need someone to talk about cte the nfl uh concussion uh lawsuits and the you know the class action settlement fund and you know just talk generally about the intersection between a, a potential cte based you know insanity defense or lack of mental capacity defense and uh you know his playing career so i'm like ah, i could do that that's fine and like can, can you give a little bit of history on other players that have had cte and i'm like yeah, I could do that. That's fine. So I'm like, cool. What time do you want me there? And they're like, well, don't you want to ask who it's with? And I'm like, who's it with? And they're like, Nancy Grace. And I'm like, ah, oh, you had me at in studio, Nancy Grace. Now I got to really prep for this thing. So, um, yeah, it was great. So, um, you know, the, the, what you would think about Nancy Grace is true. Like she is a tiger on camera. And, uh, for anyone that watches the clip, she can, it kind of came at me at one point. Um, it wasn't that bad. I, I kind of knew how to re respond to it, but, um, off camera, she is like a sweetheart. Uh, I don't know if I'm breaking the fourth wall here, but she's, um, she's not as big as you would think. She's a very petite woman. Like I, I imagine her to be like, you know, five ten. she could kind of like, you know, she'd be this like really kind of uh presence as a prosecutor, but you know, she's just kind of like a petite woman. She just has a big television presence. It was like, a little bit surprising, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan. We're text buddies now. She's sending me text. She's sending me emojis. Um, so Nancy Grace, that's friend big. Of the podcast, I mean, that's big. Friend of the podcast. Here we go. Our friends list grows. It seems uh, every shout year. out. I love to see it. Yeah, shout out to our our friend Nancy Grace. I know you're not listening to this, but maybe your producer is. So shout out to Sarah. Okay, topics for today. Before we get into it, uh, our show is sponsored by Themis Bar Review. Uh, our promo code lasted until Halloween. Uh, we'll talk about Halloween in a second. But our new promo code for the foreseeable future, CD Winter 23. CD, capital C, capital D, lowercase winter 23. Also, speaking of um, spelling, we have our, and I have to post about it, actually. We have our writing competition coming to an end this week. I have the post on my Instagram account. I have it on my LinkedIn account. Our NIL writing competition 
I think it closes November 10th. Um, but, uh, people could confirm that, but definitely check that out. If you want to send in a submission or if you have any questions, con C O N detrimental, not conduct detrimental at Gmail con detrimental. Okay. Topics for today. Um, I guess we'll go over Sergio Brown really quick. I've done a lot of research in it. It's a case that, uh, uh, you're going to see in the news a lot. It's an NFL player. We'll get into it. Adam Johnson, the ex-NHL player, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, tragically passed away on an NHL, or on a, not an NHL, but a hockey rink. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to call it an accident, but it's a pretty gruesome case. I don't know, trigger warning if anyone looks up the video, but um, we're going to talk about that. A quick update um, in the Michigan sign-stealing stuff is the story that never ends. Um and then we'll talk a little bit about trademark law, uh, brewing saga between the NFL and the Univer- University of Houston with those Houston Oilers throwback shirts. Uh, and uh, an update with uh, our friend, we'll say enemy of the podcast, Brett Favre gets another lawsuit dismissed. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about Shannon Sharp, little Shay Shay. Um, okay, before we get into it, Mike, you ready for this? Oh, always. You know that. What did you dress for Halloween, um, I dressed as currently what I'm wearing actually right now. Um, a New York Jets fan um, after oh, that's so a, lame. You know, a three three week win streak. I don't know if I've maybe seen that in a little while, but yeah, um, was handing out candy. Was very excited to see uh, a little bit of action in my neighborhood. But uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm in the I'm in that age range where I just am not dressing. I worked from home. You know, it was one of those days, you know, Dan? Um, Mike, that's really lame. I was hoping you're a Halloween person. Okay, so when you have little kids, Halloween is like legit. You got to get that level of excitement you had when you were little. Halloween's, Halloween is like the biggest day of the year. It's up there. It's like birthday, Halloween, like one and two. Um, so my youngest was, uh, my oldest was a rainbow unicorn one day. She was Elsa, she was Cinderella, and then by the last day, she was Spidey. Not not Spider-Man, Spidey. She was Peter Parker, but like amazing Spidey. Uh, Spidey is amazing friend. So um, and then my youngest was Ariel all the days, but here's, here's a, the best part of Halloween. So we're going door to door. We're doing the whole spiel, my wife and uh, you know, the two girls. So my youngest is two, she's born in July, so she's like two in two months and three months. So... She didn't understand the concept of you get candy and you put it in your bucket. She would get candy. So we get to the first house and they handed her M&M's. So she screams at me. She goes, Daddy! And I opened, she needed the M&M's. So I opened up the M&M's. But like as she's opening up the M&M's, we're getting to the next house. So she gets a lollipop. So she's trying to double fist an open bag of M&M's with a lollipop that's not going well. We get to the next house. There's more candy. So she's... You know, trying to hold, she's got two lollipops in her hand with the open M&Ms. I'm just not fighting it. But by the end, we just had too much candy. She she finally got to it. But it was trial by fire. There was about to be a temper tantrum because she couldn't eat the candy on the fly. But um, that's Halloween. That's Halloween with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. It is like the best. It is exhausting because there's a lot of Halloween stuff. We had stuff on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and obviously on Tuesday on Halloween. But um, I don't know. It's like a marathon. It's just nonstop. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, love the Spider-Man costume. Number one, do have to shout that out. I got a tattoo. I mean, Spider-Man's my my guy forever. You a, so you have I, a tattoo of Spider-Man? 
I do. I have the sp- the the spider actually. Uh, I do have that on my forearm. Uh, I actually just got it. That's my newest tattoo. So shout out to, I mean, what a legendary shout out, uh, costume. Shout out to Spidey. Shout out to uh, your tattoo. Uh, that's pretty sweet. I thank you for asking, Mike. Dressed as a really boring skeleton. It was uh, I got to you know just threw on the onesie. It's a really easy costume. Okay, enough with the tomfoolery. Let's get into it. Um, we've got a couple different topics today. Um, Sergio Brown um, was a story. I was certainly following it. Um, I didn't get that. I hadn't gotten that deep into it. We typically don't cover the those type of criminal cases unless I don't know. This might sound bad unless it's like um, a player like an Alvin Kamara status or Deshaun Watson, something really big. Like, there are a lot of criminal cases that pop up in the NFL, uh, NBA, um, you know, Major League Baseball. There's a lot of criminal cases that are like. I don't know. I, I'm not a criminal defense lawyer, so I don't. I know a lot of you are into that. I just I don't follow it that often. Matt Timpanic, who was supposed to join us in this episode, he's Conduct Detrimental's residential DA. I was supposed to get him on this podcast, but duty calls. Matt's doing some important stuff with his uh, expecting wife. Shout out to Matt. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal the gender, but um, he has put this out on social media. So shout out to Matt. Certainly join us soon. Okay. Um, brief background on Sergio Brown. Um, I'll do the heavy lift here, uh, Mike. This one, um, it's a weird case, a weird case. Trigger warning if you need it. Uh, I did say the guy was charged with murder of his mother. So uh, whatever trigger warning you need. Um, this is a case from the legal angle. We're going to talk about CTE and how CTE can factor into someone's potential murder defense. Um uh, it's not a fancy topic, but we're, you know, it's not a, uh, I don't know, flower, flowery topic, but we are lawyers. We've got to talk about the hard stuff. I'm not sure what other show is supposed to talk about this other than the Sports Law Podcast. And of course, Nancy Grace, who obviously called us in, the experts, to cover it on her show. Sergio Brown went to uh, Notre Dame. He was not by any means like a five-star recruit, I think relevant to the story. He's like a middle-of-the-road recruit, but plays for a really prestigious university at Notre Dame. Um, he's there with Jimmy Clausen, you know, pretty high profile quarterback, uh, drafted to the pros, kind of flamed out, but he's there with Jimmy Clausen. He's a guy Notre Dame is pretty notable at the time. He doesn't get drafted. Um, but he has, he's pretty, you know, athletic at the combine. So he signs on Mike, get ready for this with the new England Patriots. So he's in oh. the new England Patriots 2010 draft class as an undrafted free agent. Mike, if you get this, I will be so freaking impressed. Name me one other notable rookie in that 2010 Patriots draft class. Just one. It's Aaron Hernandez. It's Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. That's you would have got I bonus points when you said it. <laughs> you would have got bonus points for Rob Gronkowski as well, who's also in that draft class. But yes, Aaron Hernandez and Sergio Brown are in the same draft class. It's not I'm not it's not anything crazy, but there is a direct line between two um I guess for now accused murderers. Uh Aaron Hernandez obviously a convicted murderer. So, Sergio Brown plays, you know, has a solid career. He plays for 7 years in the pros, basically a special teamer. Sometimes he starts at safety, but mainly a gunner on special teams. He plays for 2 years with the Patriots with Brady and Gronk. People may have seen, uh, well, he ends up signing them with the Colts. Uh, he plays with Andrew Luck. Uh, he's the gunner on special teams. And, uh, Mike, at bonus points, if you get this, who is the punter on those Indianapolis Colts teams? Shout out. 
shot out. Pat McAfee <laughs> is the punter on those teams. And there's tons. I guess he almost made the Pro Bowl in 2012-2013. So McAfee is saying he's the best gunner in the league. So this guy has all these through lines to Hernandez, to Brady, to McAfee. Um, and, you know, beyond that, this this uh, maybe people should look Sergio Brown up now at this point. He went viral. He would do these Ric Flair kind of uh, pipe-up stuff in, in the locker room after they would win or lose. But he did like a whole thing with Ric Flair, how he did like the jet uh, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss, dealing, you know, like he did the whole Ric Flair. So this guy was a personality. I, I did a lot of research him. He made about, eh, give or take, $10 million pre-tax, um, you know, uh, during his NFL career. He played for the Bills, got a cup of coffee with the Jags, played across seven years. I think he tore his Achilles, but he ended his career a little bit early. Now, why I bring this up is he had a long career, he had no incidents. No real like disciplinary issues. Um, nothing, nothing really that um, to speak of that. I don't know that that raises any concerns. So why I bring this up? He is not only doing this; he's also doing content creation in the middle. This guy, well, for all intents and purposes, was a fundamental great public speaker. He's got his you know name out. He's doing. He gets a, a post playing career. He gets an MBA from Miami. M- model football player. Model citizen. Uh, there's no red flags, no disciplinary issues, no nothing. Okay. Uh, after he retires, get this, Mike, the guy goes to work for Google as a, basically, I think an advertising or digital account manager or something works a couple of marketing jobs for three years, but this is not a guy. Uh, and I hate to say this, but, uh, I, we've said in the podcast, I'll say it again. This was not like an Antonio Brown situation where someone was blowing up on social media. And, uh, you know, like w- we all had some, Feelings that the guy might have had some diagnosis CT. Guy is fully, I don't know, um, lucid, we'll say. I don't know. You know, there's no no seeming issues. So if you look at the guy's LinkedIn, I think he, he, he has a series of jobs, you know, for seven months, eight months, five months, whatever. Then he goes dark. So he seemingly goes dark on social media. That is really, Mike, until September of 2023. Uh, I'm going to just kind of, I guess this part's relevant to the story, but... 2023, his his mom goes missing. There's a missing persons report. The police go to the house. He's nowhere to be found. Um, you know, uh, they don't know where he is. They end up finding the mom's body wrapped up in a sheet. They conduct it in, a, you know, forensics and whatnot. They got uh, allegedly his DNA under her fingernails. Her phone's nowhere to be found. Her iPad's nowhere to be found. There's like, you know... Uh, a commercial cleaning solution. I think it's like Ajax that they find in the drain. It's a bad scene, right? We, we've seen these kind of uh, cold cases, the different murder shows, but it's it's not a good look uh, for Sergio Brown. Guy goes, guy goes missing and leaves the country right around the same time his mom goes missing. And they lived together. They shared that house. So it's not looking good for Sergio Brown. Where does he go is what gets the public's attention. He goes to Mexico. And starts doing these kind of weird videos, posting about his mom's disappearance, and he's saying that he was ki- that uh, you know might the FBI might be involved, and it's clearly the ramblings of someone that is, for lack of a better term, kind of not not lucid. Someone that looks like they do have something wrong with them, be it alcohol, um, be it CTE. Someone that doesn't look right. 
there's videos that he's posting. I think he's in Tulum, Mexico, where he can't even stand upright. And it looks like there's kind of, he's dancing with a woman. And the woman's kind of like moving his limbs like he's a puppet. Like he's either drunk out of his mind, which might be possible. But it's these series of videos that doesn't look great. So he ends up getting extradited. I think he gets extradited back to uh, Illinois, where he's from. And there's a video of him on the plane. You know, he's getting, you know, taken by court marshals on the plane uh, or air marshals. And uh, he's fighting them and he's slamming his head against the wall. Like not someone that, that looks like, again, that they're completely sane. So anyway, we, we fast forward. So, you know, now he's, he's you know, charged with felony murder, right? Um, and the question is if he's going to claim CTE and how someone that was seemingly a model NFL player, great locker room guy, vouched for by McAfee, by Brady, by all these people. How could this have gone so wrong? I'm not going to do the Nancy Grace to you, Mike, maybe if it comes up. If I've told you all this, right, um, let's say you're the listeners here, you're you're a student in my class. Uh, Do you think that he should have any type of leniency for what seems to be um, aspects of CTE? What are your what are your takes on this? I don't know. It's interesting. Like you mentioned, uh, like you mentioned alcohol, you mentioned some possible drug issues that people outside of football struggle with and experience with these type of cases. A lot of that is involved in these type of murder cases. So I don't know. I feel that a lot of times people look towards that, but I don't, I can't see it being a, at least in my own, you know, in my 1L opinion, it being a, that that holding up in court, basically, for lack of a better term. Well, it's it's interesting. So if Matt Timpanic was here, he he told me he wanted me to pass this along. If there is some real clear evidence of diminished mental capacity, right, you can get this kind of pled down potentially from murder to manslaughter. It could be a, a, a factor to reduce the charges. Or if you're just like insane, right, like you're, you're just in crazy. Yeah, we all know what pleading insanity means, right? So, you know, the issue, uh, and this is what Nancy Grace did to me. So I'll pretend to be Nancy Grace. You ready for this? <laughs> I'll try to be. Um, Mike, during his playing career, do you know if he suffered any concussions? Do you know that for a fact? <laughs> I answer don't, but if, if, if he's a gunner. What's funny, answer the question. Do you know right now for a fact that he suffered any concussions? Do you know that? I don't, but he's a gunner, and, and, so it's very he, possible. I, I'll ask the questions here, okay? I'm not asking you what's possible. I'm asking you what you know, okay? okay? Is it possible to determine if someone has CTE while they're alive, Mr. Krevchenko? Do you know that? Is it possible to even know that? No, it's not. That's what I thought. And when he retired, did he retire from head trauma or did he retire from a torn Achilles, Mr. Krevchenko? <laughs> the latter. The latter, okay? So what evidence do we have this guy suffered from CT? That he's acting crazy on camera? Oh, how convenient. The only videos we see of him after he killed his mother are was when he's acting uh, crazy. That, that's very convenient. So uh, shout, out to, shout out to Nancy Grace. He didn't, she didn't actually do that. She gave me like 80% because I think she was going easy on me. But I was ready for it. I was ready for it. But that's to Nancy's point. And then she, she's funny. She's like, I, oh, I'm here. I'm concerned about the victim. I want to make sure the victim it doesn't. We don't talk about CT too much. We're not talking about the victim's rights. So then, um, you know, that's, you know, she's good television. I mean, she knows she knows where to put the pressure points. But, you know, jo- jokes aside, that's that's the argument, right? Like that. Yes, CT could be involved. But this guy 
you know, I, I don't know what this is the only the videos we have of him. So, you know, that's it's going to take evidence. It's going to take a lot of witnesses. Nobody can assume anything. But, you know, from right now, I think it's a plausible defense that the guy's going to make. Um, and we'll see. And I think they tried to get uh, Sergio Brown's lawyer for this for this appearance. So there's a world I was opposite Sergio Brown's lawyer, which would have been a little nuts. But, you know, I think they're still kind of figuring out what their defenses are. So it's not Aaron Hernandez. It's not OJ Simpson. It's not, you know, a name brand guy that is a Hall of Famer or Brett Favre or anything like that. But it's still an interesting case. And the fact that it's an NFL player and there's videos, you know, pictures of him next to McAfee and Brady. Um, it's a case that's going to get a lot of play. So I, I have a feeling not going to be the last time you'll see me on the on the Nancy Grace uh, show. It's on a... Uh, investigation discovery. So you can stream it. Uh, at least my show is on going to be on Max, and it's going to be on uh, on Discovery Plus. So um, it's interesting, uh, Mike. I, I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to like you know beat the horse dead, but I I, I think it's an interesting case. Like we, we're still getting through this wave of CTE. Like yeah, we're just figuring out that like. I don't know, like in summer camps, guys should wear those little, you know, those crown, those caps on their head. Like we're still figuring it out. And when we've not yet passed the generation of football players that, that, I mean, like the Will Smith movie came out concussion in like 2012 that advised like half the country with the problems with CTE. So, and, and Sergio Brown played, you know, 2010, 2015, he played right in that era. So I, we're not done seeing these types of issues come up. So it's the first time it's really being litigated, at least in recent years. Yeah, I mean, I don't, th- I, I don't think this is the end of it. I think in, t- until the league goes into almost flag football, this is going to be, and even still beyond that, because there's hundreds of years of people smashing their heads into each other. So uh, this is going to be going on for a long time. Anytime some situation like this happens, that's always, especially when the CTE conversation comes back up. So obviously you yeah. hope it's not common, but it's likely. Yeah. Um, I guess the other part, I just, just ate it quickly. Um, this is not an Aaron Hernandez type Sergio Brown. We've never really heard anything about him. Right. And Nancy was going to answer this question. She didn't come up on the show, but what's the NFL's role in kind of sniffing out these type of bad actors. And I'm like, well, the 32 teams really interview at the combine it. You know, if you have any fucking, you know, I shouldn't curse here, but if you have any red flags, it's going to come up at some point. You're probably not going to get drafted. If you're really an insane person, it's going to hurt your draft stock, so to speak, by, you know, Jalen Carter dropping or anyone with any type of character issues, Johnny Manziel, you know, you name it. Obviously, I don't think Sergio Brown had any type of issues, but Aaron Hernandez was a five-star recruit. If you guys, you know, um, you can watch any number of Aaron Hernandez documentaries that are out there. But Aaron Hernandez, who, you know, was involved in, alleged to have been involved in multiple murders, had a lot of issues at Florida that was like swept under the rug that, you know, because he was a five-star recruit on a, you know, national championship caliber team, people swept this thing under the rug. They said, oh, Aaron Hernandez is a star. You know, let's let's swipe it under the rug. And Aaron Hernandez is a star with the Patriots. Like, let's look the other way. Sergio Brown didn't have that. It's like we talked about the Bills punter last year, Matt Ariza. I don't know, punters aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're going to be out of the league. Free safeties and special teams players, they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're going to be out of the league. That's why Alvin Kamara, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, even Aaron Hernandez, like, I don't know, they had their issues in the NFL. And, like, they still played despite these issues. Like, some were obviously larger than others, but – you know, you know, when you're not a starter, you don't get that leeway. So that's why I think the Sergio Brown stuff is interesting. By all intents and purposes, he was a model, a model teammate, which is just bizarre. Um, okay. Uh, 
let's let's pivot here. I want to get to this, Matt. Um, uh, well, Matt's not here, but I he would have been a good one for this. But Mike, you're going to step into the hot seat. Ready? I won't. Maybe I'll do another Nancy Grace to you. Do you think you can handle my Nancy Grace? <laughs> it depends. You know what? Yeah, I'm ready. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. This one, another serious one, but I want to, another one that, you know, listen, we, we do a lot of fun stuff on the show. I want to make sure I got a lot of texts from people making sure that we covered this. Um, okay. Can you give us a little, um, we're going to cover Adam Johnson again, trigger warning. You guys, some of you have seen the video. If you want to follow along with this, uh, I suggest pausing the podcast now, Googling Adam Johnson hockey video. Like a nine-second video, and then uh, you know we'll go over the rest. But trigger warning: you are warned. It is a little bit gruesome. Give us the background on Adam Johnson, and then uh, I'll I'll take us where where we need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Adam Johnson, uh, a lot of people obviously uh, referencing his time with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, he was an undrafted player in the NHL. Um, you know, played for about five or six years, but recently just went over to England, uh, which is where the incident happened. So um, he was 29 years old, um, moved over, kind of played with different teams before he got to England, Sweden, Ontario, Germany. Um, but this time he was in England um, playing in a Challenge Cup match at the Sheffield Arena on October 28th, which just a few days ago um, at time of recording. And, you know, he was cut in the neck with the skate. I mean, like Dan said, very gruesome. Um, I actually avoided it until before uh, watching this podcast. But um, by the other team, Sheffield Steelers uh, player Matt Peckgrave. Uh, so, I mean, significant. I mean, Dan, I'm interested to kind of hear what you got for me on this one. Yeah. There's, okay. Okay. So I told my, it, this is a story. It, it, I know a story gets big when like my wife, who is not a sports fan uh, and does not listen to the podcast that it says you should talk about this on your podcast. I'm like, doesn't really matter. You're not going to listen to it. Right, Rachel. And then uh, <laughs> she's in the other room pretending that she's listening to this podcast. So uh, maybe she will listen to this one. Um, but for, for, the video purpose, the video is bad. That's why you guys got to watch the video. I do a, a version in my class. We call this, for anyone that, you know, I used to be more active on Twitter, but now I got to tone it down because I got a real job and real clients. So now I got to be a little bit more PC. But I used to give this joke. I used to say, you know, I used to post a video. Sometimes it was in humor. Sometimes it's a real question. Is something assault or something the assumption or the risk, right? Um, CTE, we can have this conversation. You take a bad hit over the middle. You know, as a you know, if a wide receiver is going over the middle and the safety pops them, right? Is no one's going to get sued for assault? It's part of the game. We've seen that hit a hundred times. A cross check in hockey, we've seen that a hundred times. Now things get a little bit trickier. Like we did this recently. I did this class a couple weeks ago. Like when Miles Garrett takes his hel- takes off Mason Rudolph's helmet from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Miles Garrett, obviously one of the top players in all football, and takes another player's helmet off of his head. And then slams him over the head with the helmet. Like, I've never seen that before. That doesn't seem to have anything to do with the game. That seems kind of strange. Uh, I I was of the opinion, I think we did a couple podcasts back then. I said criminal charges could result from that. I certainly could see that. There's videos. Um, I think it's Juan Marichal, if I'm remembering correctly. It's an old New York giant. I just I just did this clip, whatever. But he, he gets uh, a, a catcher in him almost get into a fight. And he takes the bat and tries to swing it at him. So, like, I don't know, that's not normally, that's, that's no part of basketball, or no part of baseball. And then there's different clips of hockey, of guys slashing each other in the head. Um, you know, like, that's not part of hockey. You're not near the goal. You can't just swing a stick at someone's head. Now, this clip, it falls into that category of 
things that are not anything you and I have ever seen before and that are not natural hockey movements. So Adam Johnson is skating in. I don't even know what what the precursor to this was. I mean, it's, it's a man's life is lost. It's, it's, it's insane. He's coming in from the top of the blue line. Let's say he's making a 45-degree. If no one wants to watch the video, it's fine. I'll explain it here. A 45-degree kind of cut to the goal. And there's this player, Matt, what's his name? Petgrave? Petgrave? He comes at him almost like a, a kind of T-bone. He comes from across the ice. And he doesn't just shoulder check him or like cross check him, like shoulder check him with the shoulder, cross check him with the stick. He almost does like a spinning back kick into his neck. Like it's as crazy as it sounds. He almost like a, a wrestling move. Uh, and it, you're, you're, it's not just your shoes. He, it was a skate. You're skating with, with blades on the bottom of your feet. And the blade caught Adam Johnson in the neck in his person. And this part of the video is just, I, I can't, I watch it once. I, I can't watch it again. You see red hit the ice and then they show a video of they just close up of Adam because the, the camera didn't know what to do. And he's bleeding a lot from his neck and he passed away shortly thereafter. Question is, you know, obviously this is suspensions, whatever else this guy needs to get. Question is, which I've never heard of in sports, whether an incident on a, a, an on ice incident, people are calling this an accident. I don't think this was an accident. This He tried to do this. The guy's a professional skater. You don't just do a flying back back kick at someone's neck with a skate on. I don't know what led to it. But now we're not talking about a crime like assault, like Miles Garrett. Like, ah, he hit Mason Rudolph over the head. Like, Mason Rudolph's fine. Like, there was no issue after that. Um, someone's life is lost. I, I think there's a real world where manslaughter charges are being considered here. Legit manslaughter charges. I mean... I'm not going to do a Nancy Grace because this, this topic, I mean, it's just as serious as the last one. But um, where does this fall for you, Mike? You've seen the video. Does it look like he slipped? Does it look like it was intentional just to you, just the naked kind of untrained eye here? Yeah, I mean, to me, I mentioned to you offline, it it looks like looks intentional. I mean, it, it, I've watched tens of thousands of however many hours I possibly can of hockey since I'm six years old. And I've never once seen anything remotely close to that. Because even the ones that the people that have been either hit in the throat or the neck, I mean, I mean, it's it looks like an accident. You know, th those are those look like genuine accidents. These, I mean, this just does not. I mean, it's it does it it makes my skin crawl talking about it. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I have never seen it. Um, the video is grotesque. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins did kind of a memorial to him at the at the rink. They you know, dedicated the game to him, whatnot. It's just so sickening to watch. And I do that class and I think it's kind of, you know, like I, I kind of have some some humor in some of the stuff. And now I'm like, you know, this is a real, I don't know, this is a real issue now. So now the NF, NHL and NHLPA are discussing kind of changes to the safety guidelines in, in, in light of this incident. If you could have a skate, like, and I, to be honest, like I wanted to bring this up, I'm, I've always thought that this was possible. Like, I've always had this thought that, like, you know, when a scrum, let's say someone's hand is down and there's, like, a scrum at the bottom of ice, someone gets stepped on by accident, God forbid, you know, a, a finger is involved. I've always thought this could happen. I the, There was never an incident where I thought that in a standing position, someone could get hit in the neck with a skate. That just didn't seem to be possible. Um, 
you know, it's one thing if you slip, if you're not an experienced skater. So I don't, people are looking at this right now. And this is an incident. It's not a domestic incident. It's an England incident, a country, you know, not as familiar with hockey uh, as would be the case over in Canada or America. But uh, people know hockey. People, you, you know, when you see it, what is a hockey movement was not a hockey movement. So they're going to go into what the background was between these two guys. I don't know anything uh, about their history, but, you know, certainly that's being looked at. So we'll have updates on it to the extent it comes up. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's We have to talk about it. And I didn't really want to, but uh, my wife, who's pretending to listen from the other room, said we got to talk about it. So do what your wife says sometimes. Happy wife, happy life. Plus, you know, we got a couple other texts from uh, people and students. So, um, And my students that are listening to this, uh, I'll say it in class, but this, this will be on the final exam. This particular topic will be on the final exam. Um, Okay, so no real easy way to do the segue here. Um, two very serious stories really at the intersection of criminal law and sports. Matt, you know, is usually our, our criminal defense prosecutor guy here. He wears both hats. Criminal defense, but he used to be a prosecutor, so he wears both hats. So shout out to Matt. Um, you know, we'll bring that on at a later point in time, but, uh, you know, Matt's, Matt's our, our longtime guy. Okay, um, Mike, let's, let's head back to uh, Michigan. Let's head back to college sports. So. Um, we spent, uh, Taryn, uh, myself, and Zach, on last week's episode, we did a lot of Michigan sign stealing. I think Taryn laid it out beautifully. Um, and I, I waited a few days to cover Michigan sign stealing. I was waiting for it all to come out. Um, and wouldn't you know, this past week, even more sign stealing has come out. Like, it's a story that doesn't end. It's like people were sitting and waiting on this story, and now, like, the floodgates are open. So, Mike, what is the latest, um... And uh, please make sure that you tell me about uh, the Central Michigan allegations, which are just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's what makes me la- <laughs> like, that's why it's the fun. It's genuinely maybe the funniest thing I've seen, like in football. Like, I mean, I obviously I was very angry about the Spygate in the NFL and Belichick oh, and his cheating tight. ways. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. this is a whole other level to get caught I mean, these pictures surfaced of the analyst uh, Connor Stallions on the sideline of Central Michigan wearing their um, uniform. I mean, wearing their their hat, their um, atop, like standing in kind of hiding behind a few other actual coaches um, and even funnier, uh, I believe like 24 hours ago, it's only a time of recording is. The pictures that are surfacing of him wearing, like, I mean, t- t- it looked like <laughs> glasses with a camera. I mean, that's a, a, glowing, a glowing light with a camera. Like, I mean, it's, it was so cartoonish to the point where I was like, this is like a 2006 thing he pulled out of his box, uh, out of a box in his house, and he just <laughs> threw it on. And I mean, what? It's like a, it's like an no amateur one tr- spy kit. It really is. It's like, how do you not turn around okay. and see the light yes. glowing? Like let's um so I think there are Ray Bans, but let's let's cover ourselves, which is I tell my students, allegedly Connor Stallion. Of course. Of course. Allegedly a person that looks a lot like Connor Stallion. So my favorite part of the story is that Central Michigan, everyone sees the pictures again, you know. We'll give you a little people should Google this Connor Stallion Central Michigan, but uh they're playing Michigan State uh on that particular day that that's being alleged. So the allegations, unless you're living under a rock and you're not following this, is that Michigan, you know, employed this guy, Connor Stallions, who's a lifelong Michigan fan. Somehow he kind of infiltrates the Michigan staff by 
allegedly going to other teams' games, future opponents of Michigan, learning their signs, you know, the signs that they, their hand signals that they give to the defense or the offense on the field. And he does this, uh, which I don't know, maybe that, again, my, my opinion has somewhat changed a little bit since our last podcast, but like he goes to other teams' games, decodes their signs, and then, you know, when Michigan plays that team, he's on the sidelines next to the Michigan coaches telling them the signs. Now, again, the only reason that's technically illegal is because you're not allowed to go to staffers or not allowed to go to other teams' games and do this. I don't actually think the offense is that bad, decoding someone else's signs, um, you know, but uh, it's theory seems to be against the letter of the law. The funniest part of all this, Mike, at least for this Central Michigan one, everyone's seen these pictures, everyone's seen these allegations. Central Michigan could come out immediately and say, hey, it's not Connor Stallions, that's Joe Blow. He's a defensive coordinator. You know what they said instead? (laughs) They said, we are investigating this. It is the incident is under investigation. That is not a ringing endorsement of a defensive Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions, I think, is, is was sent home with pay. Um, you know, the, the only part that I, I I did I was alluding to it that it changed my opinion a little bit. Um, you know, I, I was kind of on the fence. Does Harbaugh know? Does he not know? I mean, they're spent. I think Taryn said they're spending fifty thousand dollars on this budget to send him across the country and this program, right? So, like, is it really possible Harbaugh doesn't know about it? Um, Mike, do you think that John Harbaugh knows that Connor Stallions? is on the Central Michigan sideline in a Central Michigan hat with spy glasses on. Do you think do you think Harbaugh knows that? Well, his brother probably does, Jim. Got it. Why does Jim I mean cuz that's the head coach. Did I say John? <laughs> yeah, oh, one good. of the Harbaugh's. Okay. That's fine. Keep this in there. Um oh, you well, think of you course. think but you but substantively you think I, Jim knows about it? I th- think he has an idea but not to this extent like i don't think he's a part of it but i do think he like knows that they do that um i don't know that he knows that you know actually how deep into them that they're going on the sideline um but i do allegedly obviously but i i don't i don't know i i don't think that he's actually involved with this and a lot of people are just saying that if he is he's just gonna go run away to the nfl so well, it it's makes it more likely that Harbaugh doesn't know the crazier and crazier this guy Connor Stallions get. If you really want to make this argument, like, uh, again, sometimes they give a stretch, but this has nothing to do with the exact, exact topic. There's a topic in labor law called the recalcitrant worker. I've done a, a handful of these labor law 240-241 cases. My nerds in insurance defense will know that. But it's that if there's one worker that is, is doing just such a horrendous job, they're like, it, it doesn't – that this worker in and of itself um, can kind of purge any other type of negligence from a supervisor on staff. If someone is acting so outrageously, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch. But, like, that's the Connor Stallion's defense if you were Jim Harbaugh. I got it right the second time. Um, but, like, I, this guy Connor Stallion is wearing spy glasses allegedly on a sideline. It looks insane. And me, for one, I, I cannot wait for the 30 for 30 on this to come out. This is just like, this is ready. This is like Bishop Sycamore when it was like so crazy you couldn't believe it. Have you seen the Bishop Sycamore documentary? Yeah, that? I mean, <laughs> that, again. It's, on, H- like, it's on HBO, right? Yeah, this again, like cartoon. It's just like a, it's like a sitcom. All of this is like a sitcom. It really is. The crazy thing is that Michigan might win the national title. I mean, it's like very Patriots well, and Astros-esque. 
I know. That's kind of, the, you know, and they, hey, at the end of the day, they really got away with it. They still have their championships. Nothing really happened to them. You know, they just got a slap on the, the wrist. Astros? So. Yeah, I mean, the Astros still, I mean, they're still participating, you know, like there are players that are still participating in the league and playing in World Series and winning MVPs and, you know, the Patriots have won probably, what, three more championships, four more championships after that. So, you know. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This I, I, I'm I just in shock by this whole stuff. And I, I'm, you know, I support Big Ten football. I'm an honorary, uh, you know, honorary Nebraska Cornhusker. I don't really like seeing uh, Michigan drag through the mud here. But listen, I, it's, it's hard to defend them at this point. It's hard to be a defender of Michigan football with all this stuff coming out. But as we remind our listeners, uh, we are not going to convict anyone in the court of public opinion. We are going to wait and see what everything bears out. I, I am familiar with who is representing um, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and listen, I, I'm just going to say, we, we will reserve judgment. I'm just saying it's not looking good. I'm not, not saying anything that's not obvious, but it's not looking good for Michigan and the Wolverines. Mike, anything else to add on this before we jump to our next one? No, I think we're in a football mood, so I'm ready to keep it going. Okay, let's stay in college sports. Mike, you, you corrected the record here. I was spazzing out. I didn't quite catch what the NFL had done. Um, I will let you take this. Take us to the Houston Oilers trademark controversy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. it yeah, I don't blame you. It's a little confusing just because of, I mean, so the NFL owns the right to, if many know, the Houston Oilers uh, love you blue throwbacks that uh, the Tennessee Titans wear um, because they were moved from Houston. They are formerly the Houston Oilers. So uh, that's the connecting franchise. Some people in Houston are not fans of that to begin with. I mean, they are indeed in the same comp- uh, division as them, you know, as Houston Texans fans. So some of them don't really love it. That's been a big uproar. But the big one with college is that the University of Houston actually introduced those throwback uniforms, basically, I mean, spot on representation of the love you blue thing that went on in the early 70s. I mean, that's when it's an Earl Campbell thing. You know, that that's really when the Houston Oilers, that was when Houston got around that they have, I mean, it, it, it's a cultural thing in Houston. So um, there, there's really nothing Houston University of Houston wanted to basically represent that and represent their culture. However, the NFL, as everyone always likes to call it, the no fun league. But I mean, they cited some intellectual property issues because of how similar the throwback uh, uniforms did look. Uh, I mean, you to the point <laughs> saw that it was basically you, you thought it was the exact same ones, uh, and so did I. You know, when scrolling Twitter, I actually didn't even know that it was the University of Houston. Um, I thought it was the Tennessee Titans, but um, I, I love too. those jerseys. I yeah, I mean, oof, they are beautiful okay. jerseys. So, okay, uh, a little bit of a background, right? Obviously, Houston Oilers became the Tennessee Titans. So um, this is just, it's interesting. Um, (laughs) You can't really make this stuff up. So the University of Houston is wearing this jersey. Uh, Talk about consumer confusion. I saw this picture of a team wearing a jersey that said Houston in the front, and it looked like the Oilers logos, and I just assumed it was the Tennessee Titans throwback. Um, 
it, it turned out that this past Sunday, the Houston, I'm going to mess this up, the Tennessee Titans were their throwback jerseys on Sunday. So talk about consumer confusion. I just assumed that was like the Houston Oilers, I mean, the Tennessee Titans are just going through. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to read you from uh, an article from Paul Lucas, who uh, people don't know. Paul Lucas has a, uh, a site called uniwatch.com, but he was, we were involved with Paul Lucas during the Cleveland Guardian saga. So uh, I call Paul a friend of the show. He's got a good following on, on social, but um, this is a, according to the Houston Chronicle, quote, the university, be it Houston University, or the University of Houston, has not produced or sold any merchandise related to the Oilers-style uniforms because the school's licensing department declined to approve any such items. So the cease and desist from the NFL is strictly about the uniforms being used in the field. Mike, don't you think that's funny? Like, yeah, the licensing department wouldn't approve of it. But let's just wear them on the field. What could go wrong? That sounds like a classic football coach, to be honest. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Let's run with it. And yeah, it's some entertainment. It. Let's just not sell them. Let's just wear them. What could go wrong? Who's going to know? National. National television, national news. And the NFL knows all. Well, like, obviously you're going to get a lot of attention if you're wearing these jerseys. That's the whole point of wearing them. You want to look cool to recruits. But you get your cease and desist from the NFL. The interesting part in which not really spoken this, and maybe people didn't know this, the Titans are associated with that mark, right? Um, it's not the Houston Texans. So, like, if anybody should be wearing the throwback, right? Like, I don't know. Nobody in Tennessee cares about the Houston Oilers. Just a really sweet logo. Like, if anything, what would sell like crazy is if the Houston Texans use that as a, as a throwback. So, no one's really talking about the obvious part here. Like, yeah, the University of Houston's wearing because the NFL messed up and they're letting the, the Tennessee Titans use that trademark. Like, give that to the Texans. Let C.J. Stroud wear that jersey. I mean, that's that's a jersey that would sell. Like, no one's buying the Will Levis Houston Oilers throwback of the Tennessee Titans. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Not yet. After that one performance and, you know, people might be putting <laughs> mayo in their coffee. You never know. Oh, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Do you think that's true, that he drinks mayo? I, I saw that. Yeah, I've seen it. He yeah, I mean, <laughs> this clips for, like, years. Yeah, it's been, like, I mean, that was a thing in college, too. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I, you know, you, you avoided the Adam Johnson video. I've avoided the mayo and coffee video. Um, didn't he eat, that wasn't the other thing that he ate bananas with the peel on? Oh, yeah, there's many videos of him doing that. I mean, they were, like, guy. yeah, very strange. But he's also a giant meathead, so that's what meatheads do. They they eat bananas with the peel on. I've never heard of any other. Nah, they just they just have their thing, you know, that like gets them. I mean, I don't know if you saw that pic- the picture of him before the draft, but he looks. No, I know he's a properly jocked. I, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I had I had in a very deep league I had Ryan Tannehill, and uh, it looks like Tannehill's not going to be playing that much anymore. So I'm not a huge fan of Will Levis at the moment. Should have dropped him anyway. Um, oh yeah, Will. Uh, listen, uh, my fantasy. I uh, had to had to get to two quarterback league. There's 20 teams. I had to I had to do my bidding, but yeah, Will Levis is taking that job and running with it. Okay, um, let's let's close on this, um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up, Mike. You can get ready uh, for our favorite segment where you pick your bets. But let's uh, let's do this one. Um, we've covered this at length. I've covered it in my class. Um, I go back and I listen to our archived episode, the master class, the Pat Mac, uh, Brett Favre versus. Uh, you know, McAfee and, and everybody else. So uh, Brett Favre sues three people. Uh, he sues a, a 
you know, a, a, an official within the Mississippi government, which I think he's a, a public gesture, a public auditor. Uh, we're not going to talk about that one. It's That one's not really interesting for our purposes. But he sues Pat McAfee. As we know, uh, Brett Favre dropped the case against McAfee. For whatever reason, Brett Favre wasn't dropping the case against Shannon Sharp, who had um, different, we'll say differing comments on Fox Sports. They were said in a much more serious nature. Um, Pat McAfee's comments when he was, and, and people, if you don't know what's happening, Brett Favre is accused of basically committing welfare fraud uh, and misappropriating money that was meant for welfare that he spent in his own personal sense, including uh, allegedly donating uh, millions of dollars to Southern Mississippi for uh, renovations on a volleyball stadium. And if you're wondering why Southern Miss, he went there and his daughter, I think, was a volleyball player there. So I don't know. Brett Favre made millions of dollars during his playing career. Does he really need to be taking money from the welfare fraud fund? Allegedly? No, probably not. But that's why people don't love Brett Favre. Brett Favre, just so we don't get sued, has not been charged criminally. He's part of a civil case. There have been people that have charged criminally. Not yet, Brett Favre. So I say not yet because not yet. Not yet. Okay. So um, I'm going to read a portion of the decision, um, which uh, I think you'll get where, uh, why this is relevant. So I, I again, we followed this uh, probably closer than most shows did, but what, what Pat McAfee said, he said in a joking way. Anybody that knows Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee knows that he's, he jokes a lot. You know, he's, uh, we can say Pat McAfee's a friend of the show. He follows us on, on, uh, on Twitter. Um, so, you know, McAfee uh, basically said, like, when he was explaining what Brett Favre did, he goes, Brett Favre, he basically tied the poor people's hands behind their back and then stole money from them. So any reasonable person, we said this at the time, and I, and I knew we were right. I said, anyone that's listening to this, like, doesn't actually think that Brett Favre, like, like uh, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle, like, tied someone up, like they used to tie people to the train tracks and stole money out of their pocket. Like, so the way that McAfee did it, like, no reasonable person listening to that would actually think that he was asserting some type of fact. And anybody with half a brain that watches McAfee, you know, that's not McAfee's deal. Like he's not, he's not like a journal, like a big J journalist. He's just he's fun. You watch for the entertainment. So, you know, um, Shannon Sharp, if you watch his video of the same type of comments, he's on back in the day in the old skip era. He's, he's very seriously saying that, you know, Brett Favre is a bad guy and his allegations that go back and it's a much more somber tone. And if you watch that, you know, it used to be undisputed when, when Sh- um, Shannon was on the desk, he, it's a desk that's built on like research, you know, like they have all these researchers researching stuff. So it, you're much more likely to think that something is being reported as fact on the undisputed desk when they're debating stuff, right? As opposed to Pat McAfee's show. So it doesn't seem like McAfee and, uh, sorry, that Sharp and Favre were willing to settle amicably. So it resulted in, in, a, in motion practice. So a judge actually dismissed the case against Sharp. I'm going to quote from the decision. Quote, no reasonable person listening to Shannon Sharp would think Brett Favre actually went into the homes of poor people and took their money, that he committed the crime of theft slash larceny against any particular poor person in Mississippi. So we we spoke about this more at length on McAfee, but the judge in this case is ruling the same exact concept, that the way that Sharp explained this, he it, it, no one thinks that Favre actually robbed people, like at knife point or gunpoint. It's a concept of welfare fraud. So, you know, Favre spent a lot of money, I'm sure, and hired some pretty high-profile lawyers to go after two pretty high-profile people, McAfee and Sharp and Mike. He's 0 for 2. 
That's why if Favre was not a, an enemy of our podcast, definitely not a fan of our podcast, we've called out these lawsuits were BS from day one. And it looks like conduct detrimental was correct, as usual. Hey, history does show that that has been the case. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going <laughs> to, I know what I'm about to say might get me fined from the internet. So maybe not. But he loves stealing money, so he'll try. He'll try to find his allegedly, ways. allegedly yeah. loves it. Allegedly <laughs> loves it. Allegedly stole money. We're not getting sued here on conduct detrimental. Okay, um, let's do this. Um, uh, we're not going to cover it length. James Harden uh, somehow uh, violates every con- provision in his contract. Pretends that he's got mental health issues. You know, puts on the fat suit. He does everything under the sun to get his way, and shockingly, the guy gets dealt to the Clippers. At some point, they're going to have to rewrite the NBA Constitution. Uh, they're going to have to handle this in collective bargaining. You can't have guys like James Harden just make a mockery of of what your contract is. Like, it, 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 listen, it's not my place. I'm all for player empowerment. I'm not. I'm not into what Harden is doing. It's just torpedoing teams. I mean, it's crazy, but. I digress. Um, I want to give a shout out really quick, and then we'll do um, we'll do our our better edge best bets segment. Get ready, Mike. I need a winner this week from you, my man. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Zaid Shakir. If you have not listened to his audio, I've had a couple law students reach out during the week um, and said how incredible uh, the audio from our podcast was, and, and those obviously that watched it in person. Um, that's our episode a couple weeks back, the Breaking Into Sports Law panel. Zaid, um, I'm going to give a just a, a life tip, and if you haven't listened to the episode, you should. I had a law student, uh, I'm, they're going to remain nameless, but they called me asking for advice and they said like, Hey, you know, I, I want to speak to more people in the industry. I'm trying to talk to lawyers with teams. You know, it's hard to get somebody on the phone. Do you recommend uh, anybody I can reach out to that might answer, you know, might answer some questions about their career. And I'm like, my man, you definitely did not listen to that episode because we did it for you. We found them and we put them on the podcast. So instead of sending that awkward, cold email, and trying to hunt down a, a lawyer with one of these teams, we put him right in the podcast. Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors. Shout out to my man, Zade, though. I've been talking to Zade for about four years, and I gave him his, his credit, but we, me and him spoke afterwards. Um, you know, Zade's thing is like, you know, I don't want to ask anybody when I'm reaching out and doing these cold emails. I don't want to ask anyone for anything. I want to find a way when I reach out to someone cold that I can help them and I can do something for them. Um, and listen, date, it's, it's an approach. And, and I don't you know, I was, I, when I was, you know, in law school, I would reach out to people asking for informational interviews and asking for time of people's day. And I always felt bad asking for it, but I didn't really know what else to do. Zade is a mastermind and he has figured out a way. Like I talked to Zade for four years and I, I didn't know. And Zade has now admitted it. He was trying to build a connection and he didn't need me. Truthfully, he didn't. He's, you know, he's going to do much better than I am. He's working for the Golden State Warriors uh, and he's four years out of school. But he, he did this, obviously, with other people. So shout out to Zaid. He said, you can listen more at length in the podcast. But Zaid is my man. Um, you know, and I just told him how he approached networking was completely the right way to do it. Um, he followed up with me about different sports games, different events, different things I was tweeting online. And I didn't really know, but that was Zaid's strategy. He just, you know, just wanted to build a relationship over four or five years. And then if he needed it, I was going to answer the phone because you know, I spoke to him for three, four years. You know, not, not like every day, but... Every couple months, he dropped me something. So shout out to Zaid. Big shout out. Shout out to all the law students. If you want to hit up Zaid and you want to learn his secrets, guess what? You can find him on LinkedIn. And he said, he said, anyone listens to that episode can reach out. Zaid Shakir, Golden State Warriors. Tell him Dan Luss sent you. And use our promo code 
no promo code. Just say I sent you. He'll he'll appreciate it. Okay, um, Mike, you ready? You ready to be on the spot here? I am. You know, <laughs> you don't sound too happy. Because I'm. I feel. I feel guilty. If anything, I I, I feel guilty to our listeners. Uh, if any of them have tailed me at all, I mean, I am a low level better. Uh, but this is the week, as always. This is the bet that changes that all. It all it takes is we one. We think we should so. fade, we should fade you. I mean, it's a it. I, I don't think no, so. Well, I, well, I don't think well, we're there yet. Right, I don't think we're right. there yet. Okay, so let me let's do the business here. Uh, better Edge, the social betting platform. Use our promo code Conduct for twenty dollars match uh, on sign up. Uh, listen, I love Better Edge. Uh, you guys should check them out. I'll tell you, I'll do you one further. I have set um, those guys up with a couple of my connections that are trying to get into the business of betting. Uh, so I've sent them uh, a potential, I'll say a potential sponsor. But if you are in, uh, if you're one of my clients that listens to this, or I don't know, whatever, if you want to get hooked up with someone that is a really knowledgeable in this world of betting, uh, Greg is a really, really good guy. He's a good panelist um, to the extent you guys need it to. Lost instead of listening, so I'm happy to make that connection. His name is Greg Kajuski with a K. Kajuski, okay, you're on the spot. Uh, Mike, don't mess this up, dude. Don't mess this up. Okay, what, what do you got? I like the Bengals this week on Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills, who are struggling, injured, very, in, I mean, severely injured, and I mean, struggled to beat the Giants didn't beat the Patriots um, and the Bengals are rising hot right now. Um, they're healthy. Joe Burrow is playing fantastic. Jamar Chase has been very vocal and since speaking up has been, I mean, going off. So um, everything seems to be running very smooth. I know we don't do the line, so I am just going to be choosing the bangles um you know (laughs) however you're you're revealing that you're not a real gambler we don't do the line bangles are minus one and a half my friend minus one and a half that's you gotta you gotta you gotta use the points there minus one and a half basically even it's basically no points but you gotta play the spread my man that's that's the only fair way to do it all right all right all right that's fine that's if you win the bengals win 30 to 29 you lose you lose they don't cover um Mike, I hate to do this to you. I hate to do this to you. I was looking at a couple games. Um, I'm just going to say the Bills were on my list. I was trying to see what spoke to me. Um, I might have to defend my Bills. So I don't know if you know this. I think you do. I am a Bills fan. I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm staring at a uh, a decrepit J.P. Lozman jersey, which I'm not sure how this made this to my house. That should have been left at my parents' house. J.P. Lozman, Rob Johnson, Jim Kelly, Doug Flutie, Drew Bledsoe. I lived... Jim Kelly was pretty good. But I lived through the shitty era of rooting for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and they have been for the last couple of years. People here, I'm a Bills fan, like, oh, how are you Bills fan? Are you a front runner? I'm like, no. I lived with them when they were the worst professional sports franchise, when they were like the Jets. You know, like, I, I like where the Jets are now is where the Bills were for many years. Like, I don't know. Just a terrible team. I'm sorry. The Jets suck. Okay. Back to our Bills. Mike, I'm feeling hot because I feel like you came after me with this pick. The Bengals, like two, three weeks ago, were 50-50 to even make the playoffs. Nobody knew if Joe Burrow was healthy or whatnot. Okay, one and a half points. The Bills are a slight dog on the road in Cincinnati. If the Bills are as good as we thought they were, they're not playing in England, okay? They're playing, and they're not playing in the in, in New England uh, against the Patriots. They're playing against a real contender. 
that is the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills will show up. It's not a letdown game. I'll take Josh Allen any day of the week in a game like this. Um, I got the Bills here. So we're going mono mono. How's that for pressure, Mike? How's that? Okay. I feel. Yeah, I, 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 I feel, feel confident. confident now. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I think. I think that's a. You got your blinders on. Uh, that like uh, Coach Pagano or Coach P. Shout out again. But the Bengals. Come on. I mean. Josh Allen's playing a little hurt right now. Matt Milano. I mean, one of the best linebackers in the league. He's not going to be back for this game. We don't need him. We don't need. Ah, him. that's bold. That's all we need. Okay. Yeah, you and did just, just sign Leonard for. Yeah, right. We just that signed right? Leonard Fournette. That's right. the difference. No, we don't need Leonard Fournette. We have James Cook. James Cook, low key. Yeah, he's been very good. Very uh, good. James Cook. Uh, shout out to LAA Sports Agency. I do work with that agency, so shout out to Dalvin, James Cook, and our guy Zay Flowers, who I really would like Zay to win Rookie of the Year. I'm not sure he's going to do it at this point, but um, I'll take it. If Zay doesn't win it. I'm okay with Dalton Kincaid winning it. I have some some uh, Dalton Kincaid stock. I don't represent him in any way, but Zade's going to win it. Dalton Kincaid with my Buffalo Bills is another sneaky one. I picked him up in fantasy a couple weeks ago. If he's still on your waiver wire somewhere, pick up Dalton Kincaid. Dawson Knox is out for the year. Dalton Kincaid, a big boy. Bills invested a lot of draft capital in him. Okay, that's it. That's it, Mike. We're going. You're going for the throat here. You're going for the king. If you if you win this, you can have hosting duties. I'll sit. I'll sit in the in the sidecar. Okay, that's that's, right. the, that's the stipulation. I'm ready. You pick all the topics. We can do hockey. We can do a jet segment. Whatever you want. That's the bet. All right. Wow. Now you got me jacked up. So I'm ready to we go. Do a turf. We could do an NFL turf segment. How you want to sue sue the NFL for ruining your season with Aaron with Aaron Rodgers? But. Um, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, okay, Mike, um, uh, a big shout out. If uh, I don't know when people are, are listening to this, but uh, uh, eh, I will say this here. Uh, people listen to the podcast. They get some advanced notice. Our New York listeners, Mike, I told you offline. Um, I was just recently, and this is not on social yet, but I was recently appointed captain of the New York chapter of the Sports Lawyers Association. So we did not do a conduct event this year, and we, we've been pretty good at doing them the last couple of years. Um, but, uh, you know, duty calls, I had a lot of stuff going on now. I have two kids a little bit busy. We're going to do one through the Sports Lawyers Association. Uh, we're going to try to sneak it in right before the end of 2023. So probably right after exam season, right around the second week of December. So stay tuned for that. Um yeah, so that's it. So if you if you do want to get involved in the New York chapter, the Sports Lawyers Association, or you want to take a trip down to New York, which uh, we had some people do for a recent event, which is pretty cool to see, uh, hit us up. Condetrimental at gmail.com. If we, start, if we keep getting all these emails, we're going to have to do like a mailbag segment on the show, which I'm totally, totally down for. But all good. Um, Mike, anything to add before we put this episode in the books? No, just excited for another NFL Sunday. It's been a crazy year. Um, I am with you. I am with you. Um, okay. So that'll do us, uh, do it for us here on conduct detrimental for Dan Wallach, Mike Krivchenko, the Mike Krivchenko and, uh, myself, Dan Lust. We will see you next week on another episode of conduct detrimental. <laughs>